Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, welcome back to the Invincible FC podcast. Um, today we have um, one might call a last hurrah episode here before we begin this international window. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a pod for you at some point in the international break, but until this, uh, this Premier League match week at the beginning of April, we will be taking a hiatus with the league, so to speak. Absolutely. Uh, so this will be... Our last time speaking to you a lot for for a, a little bit here, maybe a week or so until we check back on these international fixtures. So um yeah, this would be this would be a, a special pod for us in a way. Yeah, well what a what a way to to leave off going in the international break. Great weekend of results. Oh, if you if you are if you are a fan of the teams that you and I root for, it was a fantastic weekend of results. Absolutely. Um Let's uh let's talk about it then, shall we? As my fat mob app is freezing on me. <laughs> we shall. Let's do it. Uh let me pull this up. Here we go. Chronological order. Starting Friday, we finished recording our last podcast episode about thirty five minutes before this match started. It was about that, yeah. Um, and I don't remember what I picked, but Newcastle won the game two one. I'm pretty sure you picked a Newcastle victory. It might have actually been two one. I actually was thinking that I did pick that two one win. I think you did. Because I no, you know I did because I remember Friday celebrating when when it happened. Not being happy that Newcastle won, but being happy that yeah. I what are you doing here? Um. Oh, dude, Newcastle the worst. Um. For reasons that we'll discuss in the Tottenham realm a little bit later on, I think Newcastle have been performing really well, and they have a chance to win their way back into the picture here. Uh, yeah, this was an important result to start building momentum. Um, but I mean, they beat Wolves last time out, and now they've beaten Forest. And if they can keep this kind of form rolling and get a few more wins, uh, they might find themselves in a spot where they could climb over Tottenham and perhaps even Man United on the table. Ooh. So I mean, they're only three points behind Man United right now, and both of those teams have two games in hand on Spurs. So, I thought United were in the title race. <laughs> oh, sorry, you, sorry. They're 19 points back. You know who definitely doesn't think that United's in the title race? Who, Mark Goldbridge? An out-of-form Mo Salah. Um, <laughs> but regardless. And out-of-form Darwin Nunez and an out-of-form, what, Bobby Firmino? And an out-of-form anyone who plays for Liverpool. But yeah, Cody Gakbo. Besides, yeah, no kidding, dude. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think Newcastle are a team that, that have built a lot of momentum. This was a pretty solid win. Um, Nottingham Forest have not been an easy team to beat at home as, as we discussed in the preview to this match and, uh, full credit to Newcastle. They went in and got the job done. Um, Alexander Isaac, their, their new January signing looks fantastic. Um, obviously scoring a brace in the match doesn't make you look worse. Um, but I, I thought. You know, he, he looks so dangerous every time he gets the ball, and he's such a complete forward at such a young age. Um, as a Newcastle fan, you've got to feel really positive about him. Yeah, I mean, he, he was showcased a lot. I think most people – I think he caught most eyes during uh, Euro 2020. Um, had a very good campaign for Sweden. I don't think he scored a goal, actually, but he had a couple assists and just was – he really, he, he really uh, turned some heads. 
And that's where all the big teams started going in for him. And last year, I think it was in the January transfer window at the deadline when Arsenal was just crying out for a forward. And I think I think their lack of signing one um, may have cost them top four last year. Mm. Um, and Isak was definitely one of the options that we thought was going to happen, and it didn't. Um, but a phenomenal play. Great. Hmm? Signing Vlavic or Isak in that January window would have cost Arsenal Gabriel Jesus as well. Probably. Yeah. Because yeah, he would have gone somewhere where he was going to play. It, it certainly worked out. Uh, I think it would have it would have raised Arsenal's chances of making the top four. Probably would have made them favorites and mm. I would think would have ended up um, getting them over the line. But I'm not complaining at this point because they're in a much better position now than they probably would have been if they settled. Um, that said, Isak is a great player and a, I think a perfect January signing for Newcastle. Um, mm. Regardless, I had a 1-1 draw in this match, I remember, and I was so close to it. Just that that really late pen um, that really cost some very um, rash mistake. I forget who it was from, but um, Newcastle getting over the line. I think they played Wolves at the right time. They were starting to really dip in form for really the first time this season. I mean, I don't. I think they're one team that that never really had a bad run of form. They just had a lot of matches that they drew, and that's why they weren't in the title race. Um, they were in every match. They played well in pretty much every match. They just drew a lot of matches. Um, Musa Niakate. He's the one who gave, that away, gave away the yep. pen. Yep, that's right. Um, but then they lost two matches in a row. They were struggling to score goals. Granted, they were playing Liverpool and, and Manchester City, but they played Wolves at the right time, so they can pick it right back up and – they beat them. They got over the line. They beat Forrest, got over the line, and suddenly they're right back into that picture. Um, and they could absolutely compete. And for it. Um, so very relevant question that's definitely going to get a serious answer out of you. Um, if they do qualify for Champions League, Newcastle are obviously signing Neymar, right? <laughs> uh, who knows at this point? Is it even worth the, the buy right now? I mean, PSG want to sell. PSG want to sell for what two hundred mil, something like that probably. I'm yeah. not, I'll tell you, I'm not signing Neymar for two hundred mil. I'm not. I don't know if I'm signing for a hundred mil. He is one of the best players in the world. He's incredible. He still is at that level. But when's the last time he finished a season? And in the Premier League, I'm not saying he wouldn't do well in the Premier League, but I'm saying I think he's getting injured week in week out. I I, I agree with you there. All I'm saying is, if those boys want them, they better do it before those new FFP laws come in. That would be unbelievable. I would, I would laugh my face off and then immediately cry afterwards. Um, so moving on to a day that was, quite frankly, chock full of goals. What an exciting day Saturday! Yeah, to yeah. Watch the Premier League, insane matches all the way around the pitch. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll start. We'll, we'll, we'll take it from the top. Um, Aston Villa three, Bournemouth nil. Pretty comfortable win for Villa, who don't really have a lot to play for anymore. Um, but will feel good about adding three points to their tally at thirty-eight and sitting at eleventh. You know, eleven points above the team in twelfth. You really have got to think that Villa are kind of going to float away into mid-table obscurity at this point. Eleven games left in the season. Not much else for them to play for. I mean, I guess if they don't win or draw a single more game, they could be in relegation danger. But that's so unbelievably unlikely that, yeah, I don't really think that there's much motivation for them. Um, I love that term, by the way. Uh, 
what was it, mid-table obscurity? Obscurity, yes. Yeah, um, I really like that, but you are wrong. Um, and I keep saying this, Aston Villa will compete for Europe, and they are getting into that race now. Yeah, they've been stuck on 11th place, but that's just because that's where they've had to get out of. And they're, they're still very close to, I mean, they're four points out of sixth. Um, they could absolutely fight for it. They've got 10 points in the last four matches. Um, I had a 4-0 Villa win. They won 3-0. So um, could... Oh, go ahead. That... Sorry. I, I was just going to say, um, they they play at the bridge this weekend, or next weekend. Um, yeah, sure, it looks like a mid-table battle, but either of those teams could theoretically make a run to Europe, and I think they definitely have the facilities for it, um, and I think they're going to get a result there. That would certainly be an interesting one. And it would certainly hedge the question I was about to ask you. So do Chelsea have a chance of making Europe? Yeah, of course. I don't think they will. I, oh, I actually I trust Villa more than Chelsea to make it. Not that Chelsea long-term won't be better off, but I think Chelsea's going to... Chelsea is a perfect example of a team that's probably going to float away into mid-table obscurity. Because... I trust Liverpool, Brighton, Newcastle, and Tottenham more than either of those teams. Of course, I do too. But... I think Villa could definitely compete with Fulham and Brentford and then potentially Brighton. Um, I think Chelsea is actually more likely to float away into that mid table just because a, I think they have a harder schedule. I'm not exactly sure yet, but B, I mean, they're, they can't score goals and they're still going to need time to gel and they just look like a mid table team, the way they play And Villa as inconsistent as they've been this season, they've been starting to turn it on and they're, and we know what they're capable of. They have the chemistry that Chelsea do not have. And I think next week's match is really going to be, uh, it's going to say a lot. It will obviously be a very telling and important fixture to both teams season, given how close they are to one another on the table. Um, but more about that uh, mid table champions league champions later, uh, obviously Chelsea are going to win it all. Ask anybody who rooted for Chelsea. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, just a, a, a quick beat on Bournemouth. I don't know if you have any notes on them, but my thought, um, I was surprised that they looked so tame in this game. They, they were pretty limp, kind of helpless. A team that's put up a real solid fight and gotten a result against Liverpool last weekend, getting gotten a win against Liverpool last weekend, and and honestly, so unfortunate not, not to get a, a draw at Arsenal the weekend before that. To come out and look so flat and so honestly boring, like this was the worst of all the matches of this weekend, by far the most boring. Um, and I, I think that that as much as we 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 validly credit Villa and they deserve credit, Bournemouth deserves a little criticism because when they're good, they're on, and when they suck, they suck. Yeah, I mean, they're always going to be a relegation contender, whether you think they're going to stay up or not. Um, they're always going to have performances like this, I think, because every relegation team has matches where they just get absolutely trounced. And and, um, and to be fair to them, they kept it to 1-0 until the 80th minute. Um, but they're, they're the type of side that will, that will have good performances um, in certain weeks against some bigger clubs, but they're always going to come back to some of those matches where they lose a 3-0 to a mid-table side. Yeah. That's fair. All right, well, let's keep this stepping. Mm-hmm. Um, Brentford Leicester 1-1, uh, another of the less eventful games of the day. Um, we got three really juicy ones to sink our teeth into after this. Um, 
Matthias Jensen and Harvey Barnes, the goal scorers. Um, Brentford in the first half. Barnes shortly after halftime in the second. Uh, not a whole lot of talking points. I got to be honest, I did not watch this game. Um, I caught the highlights, of course, but I, my interest levels at this point were very low. I was far more concerned with the Tottenham game and the Leeds game in this window. Can't say I disagree. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually watch it live either. Um, can't say I'm that surprised. I did say Leicester's not going to get anything out of this match just because of how poorly they had played. Uh, but I'm not surprised it ended in a draw because Brentford has been similarly similarly to Newcastle, maybe not as consistent, but have drawn been drawing a lot of matches. Um, mm. They just came off of their first defeat in a long time to Everton. Um, but then they came back, beat Southampton. And then, uh, I, I mean, <coughs> Leicester's still Leicester. They still have the talent, even if they're definitely in the relegation battle now, and I can even admit it. They they're still, not getting relegated, though. I, I don't think so, but they might. West um, Ham are definitely getting relegated. Having to carry I've been them saying right. this all season. West Ham are getting relegated. It's... It's looking like there's a chance. It really you, is. You looked. You looked at me like I was an idiot six months ago when I said that to you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've, I've gotten I a lot. Also, of I mean, I also. On, so. I also told you that Bournemouth were going to survive, and you did. I think either of those could happen. I flapped at the last. I think Bournemouth week. is still way less time, likely to stay. At up. The time of calling, I picked Everton to get relegated, even though I've been saying all year they aren't going to get relegated and I can safely say now that both Leeds and Everton will not get relegated I cannot safely say that about either team I think that is a poor take from you not like safely as in like they're they're safe now (laughs) but I'm fairly confident that both of those teams will find the points they need to stay up particularly Everton yeah I think Everton's more likely I think Everton is far more likely but I think both of them will, will, will find the way We'll um, moving on because we do we will talk about leads in a minute. Um, oh my God! There's so much narrative spinning out of this game. This might take us a minute to get through. Southampton three, Tottenham three. Um, I'm sure you've watched the press conference. Yeah, I don't know if you watched. I think, the I think there's more in the press conference than in the what, match dude. itself. Uh, Spurs well, hopped out to their early lead that they like to get, and then they got punished and Ward Prowse scored a penalty in the 93rd minute to force the game to end in a draw. Um, it's really poor discipline to give up a penalty in the 93rd minute when you're up three, two, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it's, it's not hard to understand why Conte was so pissed. Yeah. Um, but uh, sure. undoubtedly the talking point of the entire match is Antonio Conte's post-match rant, which consisted of essentially slanderous remarks made against everyone else in the organization. Um, He's been removed from his post as of, I think, this morning or yesterday. Mm -hmm. But I don't know who didn't see that coming. He, yeah, this was insane. It was probably the the best 10 minutes of my Sunday morning, the 10 minutes I spent watching that that press conference. Mm -hmm. But I, I... Wow. Wow, 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 wow. He yeah. said a lot of things that, you know, you don't hear people at the organization actually say. And I think this will be a tough blow for Spurs to recover from. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't know exactly what I make of it because I'm not. Well, I mean, of course, I agree with everything he says. Um, I'm not sure if a lot of it's excuses because I mean, first oh, of all, I'm sure I think a it, lot of it is. Yeah, I think it is. I um, I think I mean, you it don't does... have to look that far in right. like the first few minutes of the speech. He criticizes the players. He's like, these players who make all this money don't even play for the organization. Yeah, and then goes right on to let's let's not forget that he is also somebody who gets paid a lot of money by right. the organization, and he acknowledged that in the speech as well, I believe. Um, but then he goes on to shit on the owners. Uh-huh. I was like, dude, you just what? Yeah, exactly. Like, you just said this. You just I, I don't know. It was so confusing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he said a lot of things that that are. I mean, I've seen a lot of Tottenham fans saying. Uh, Antonio spinning hard truths. This is this is facts, and we need to deal with it. And I think he's he's thumbing out the pulse of the issue there for sure. But this was wildly out of line. No, incredibly unprofessional. Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it reminds me of when uh, when Juventus came back against Tottenham in the Champions League, and uh, I think it was Benucci in the press conference said it, it is the history of the Tottenham. It's the history of the Tottenham. He, he said basically the same. I think he did say that. Actually. It's the history of Tottenham or something along those lines. Um, and literally, as the the coach, I mean, I can't imagine this happening to, to, to my club. I mean, yeah, imagine that. But oh my, um, my, my manager, got the, the, the manager said this is the history of Arsenal. We always yeah, right? But <sighs> the manager, the manager himself saying it is the history of the club I am managing to choke for the players to, to not live up to expectations uh, for people not to live up to their wages, not to work hard for everything to fail. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is out. I mean, I've never heard that before. That's groundbreaking stuff. And uh, I mean, we all know that he's been, that he's been frustrated, but that is incredible. And yeah, I think it's very poorly done by him. That said, I think a lot of what he said is true, um, and it is the history of the Tottenham. Um, that's that's just what it's been like, and, and now they're starting to fall apart. But that said, again, a lot of it's on him as well, because he's a win now manager. He maybe they're not a team that that's that's good enough to win the Premier League title, but it's it's good enough to be a solidified top four team for sure. It's good enough yeah. to to make oh. a run in the FA Cup when he benches players against Sheffield United for their for their best chance to to win a trophy in in 15 years. Bro, how many people including you tipped them to finish ahead of us this season? Um yeah, I did. I had them second. So many people Another one of my looked at that squad and were like, "Holy crap, this is yeah. a really strong team. Look at all the players he has." And it is a strong team. It's a really strong team. It's I think he's dealt with it very poorly, and yeah, yeah, he's he's the type of manager that that thrives in a top team, sure, and maybe Tottenham aren't at that level, but you got to be able to deal with that. If you're really a top manager, you can deal with any team, um, yeah, and and it's not like that's a bad team. Yeah, we talk about Pep Guardiola needs the best players. Conte doesn't have a bad team. I mean, the team he won the Scudetto with for for Inter, um, I don't think that was even a better team than this. Nope. On paper, no, no. So. Easier trophy um, to win, but so he's so he has a lot to blame, and he's blaming everybody but himself. Yeah. Even though he admitted that, it, including him, he's one of the ones that are paid. But no, it's the players that are at fault, who are getting paid too much, 
and it's the owners are at fault who are paying too much. Yeah. And what's going on with that? Yeah. Not like he's like, you just can't change the manager and expect everything to change. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's a tough thing to be the manager and then say that. But Hey, um, they have a nice uh, stadium, 61,000 seats, 1000 better than Arsenal. So what do you know? Fantastic Academy, really strong first team. They should be doing better than they are, but beside the point, yeah. Um, quick beat on Southampton before we keep it rolling. Yeah. Uh, the Saints get a draw out of this match against Tottenham, which is undoubtedly a positive result for them, but remain glued to the bottom of, of the table. Yep. Uh, they have had a nightmare of a time getting out of there, and it doesn't look like they're going to find a way out, does it? I don't know. They. I think any team is in it. I, I think they're definitely in it. They're <laughs> one point out. They're two points out. Um, that's a great result for them. It's a team that's struggled to score goals, and they scored three against a top four team. Um, they're they're playing decent. I, I mean, decent for them. They they're definitely a relegation contender. But I mean, they got a draw at United. They just got a draw against Tottenham. We'll see what they can do. That win against Leicester could be really crucial down the stretch, and they always seem to find a way. And they're still only two points out, so. I'm not. I'm not going to count them out yet. Yeah, I I am, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. Moving on because we pessimistic still have three more games. Patrick. We still have three more games to cover, and one yeah. of them is the Arsenal match, so I'm sure it won't be short. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know this next one won't be either. Uh, Wolves two leads four. What a game! Holy crap! I loved this match from start to finish. I'm not sure that's going to surprise anybody when I say that, yeah. but this was an awesome game. Yeah. It had everything. It was full of goals. There was excitement. There were high stakes at the bottom of the table. Um, there was one team climbing out of the bottom three all the way to 14th with this win, and that would be the team I am desperate to not see relegated, which is Leeds. They, they played great, no? They really did. And this is a team that's, since the World Cup, really struggled to score goals. Um, and it was a phenomenal game. It really was. They had an early goal, and it was still 1-0 at half. But they came out in that second half firing. And they went 3-0 up. You think it's going to be a route. It's going to be a statement win. And then Wolves start to climb back in very quickly. This is just really a summary of the match. Um they scored that fourth goal, the first one that didn't count, which was kind of funny to me because um, any other player in the league goes down for that foul that Adama Traore just stood there for, which is why it was originally given. Um, yeah. Oh, it was given. I'm sorry. It was given. I, I don't think it should have been given, but it reminds me of, you know, you know, in, in the NFL when there's only one player that you need like four people to foul on every play, and that's Gronk. And that was a similar example where you just need to foul him to, to take him down. Yeah, but gotta be there. Regardless, um, don't think that goal should have stood. Regardless, Leeds deserved to win. Wolves looked pretty poor. They're definitely in this race. I think both are still in this race, though. Yeah, I think both are still in the race, but um, both are obviously on the safer side of it now in terms of points totals yeah. uh, and in terms of runs in. So I, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah. Um, the leads. 
But yeah, I, I mean, I think Leeds should be seeing the return of Tyler Adams pretty soon. He was obviously injured for this match, but it was just a small hamstring issue. It sounds like he should be back after the international break, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens with him. He's obviously not reporting to the USA for this this uh, March window. Nor should uh, he. Yeah, nor should he. But um, I hope all the players that do go will you know, FaceTime them when they're all hanging out so he can feel included. Yeah. <laughs> or some nonsense like that, whatever. These, so whatever they did to Jim. Whatever these emotional kids do nowadays. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Oh, and Weston McKenney, he didn't play that good in this game. Oh, good. He's figuring it out still, but he's yeah. had some better performances than this in the Prem. He's had some worse performances than this in the Prem. This was kind of middle of the road. He needs Tyler. He needs Tyler with him. He, he does need Tyler. I think Tyler is an Big shock here that nobody's aware of. Tyler Adams is an important part of the Leeds team. Really? Uh, just a hot take from me. Um, okay, moving take. on anyway. to a match that I predicted to end nil-nil. It was a draw, but it was a lot more fun <laughs> to watch than nil-nil. Yeah. Everton 2, Chelsea 2. Um, another game with a that ends in late heartbreak for a team that – traditionally would be playing a lot better and winning these games pretty easily. Um, Tottenham draws Southampton and then Chelsea go and draw Everton. Everybody, I guess it was a London thing this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you said it. You, you predicted a nil-nil. It ended up as a draw, but a 2-2. It was nil-nil at the half, and I was I was saying, is back going to be right about this? And I thought I was. Remember, remember what you said that I said before. Nil-nils are very rare. They um, are, yeah, they are very rare. And they happen with the Chelsea, but I don't know. They're it's the history of, of they the haven't team. turned a corner. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't turned a corner. Um, as people were saying, they had, and they they took the lead twice. Thought they had the winner twice. Um, and Everton keep fight, kept fighting back. To be honest, I think this says more about Everton just because, uh, Chelsea. We, we know what Chelsea is now at this point in the season. I don't think there's anything they can do to change our minds. Everton are just getting results, and they're grinding out points, any point they can get. Um, and that is a massive one. And this shows resilience and character from a team that hasn't seemed to show much of that uh, this season. And Sean Dyche is doing Sean Dyche stuff. Yeah, Sean Dyche is doing Sean Dyche things. He's got uh, Dwight McNeil, the famous Jamaican, um, in his squad. Jamaican Messi at this point. <laughs> no, he one goal a season every year for Burnley, and now he's just balling up. So annoying. Um, okay, one last tip on this game, because other than, other than what we just said, it really wasn't that fun to engage with, really. Um, it was low-level football, let's be honest. Who started this game for Chelsea? You ask him? Back. Yeah, number 10. Uh, he's Captain back, baby. Harris, Christian Pulisic wore the blue again. Um, yeah, he's been... He's finally healthy, back from this injury. Uh, but you, you get the sense that this is very temporary. And it won't be long before he is wearing possibly another club's blue. It sounds like he might what be going to Italy. Oh, yeah? I was reading a rumor the other day about Chelsea wanting to sign Osman and being willing to send Christian Pulisic to sweeten the deal. Ooh, to Napoli? To Napoli. I don't know if I'd want that either, though. 
Unless he, he can hang out with Kavaradana, alongside Kavar. What? He could hang out with Kavaradana. That's what I'm saying, bro. They'll be some homies. I guess he is right wing, so Pulisic could play on the left. But that is a stacked team, so we'll it see how much playing. Very stacked team. We shall see. Uh, moving we on. Shall. We've got the last match of the weekend, which, you know, was okay, I guess. Decent. One could say I enjoyed this match a little bit. Yeah, one could say that. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. The boys are buzzing, baby. is he? Bukayo Saka. He's just the man. Yeah, he's... Two goals. Phenomenal. An assist. Just an absolute star performance. And he sits third in the Premier League for uh, goal contributions this season behind Erling Holland and Harry Kane. Hmm. So that's a pretty good spot to be. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he showed why he belongs there. This match, absolutely dominant performance from Bukayo Saka. Arsenal played great. Granit Xhaka gets his goal uh, for what I thought was also a really solid performance. Um, and then the one man who I wanted to tip my hat to, to who I think a lot of people are giving credit to, to be fair, is Rob Holding. Rob Holding stepped in, did a job for the team. Um, he's been in and out of the side over the last few years, out for most of this season, if we're being honest. Yeah. But uh, came in and really, really did a solid job in the defense. It, you could barely notice that Saliba was gone. Yeah, I mean, overall, really good performance. Uh, yeah, holding. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't expect different. I think this was a good, a good match for him to. I think start his first Premier League match of the season. Um, yeah, it is. It was his first start. I think. Um, He's probably going to have to play the next few weeks, and this was a good introduction. Um, yeah, conceded a goal, but it didn't matter because we scored four. Then he can get it. He can really, um, he can really ease himself into the team um, against Leeds, and then they have the big one at Anfield. Hopefully, Sleep is back. But regardless, great performance from him. Uh, great comeback from his hairline. Overall, fantastic. Um, Saka, though, obviously is the story. 12 goals, 10 assists, the only player with, with double digits in both in the Premier League this season. I'm sure everybody's seen that many times on social media. Um, it's his first time with three goal contributions in an Arsenal match, or in, I think, any match in his career. Um, so great on him for that. Martinelli back in the goal charts, 13 now for him. Another assist for Trossard. Overall, just fantastic. Um I, I'm so happy for Xhaka. Um, he, it's funny. He's he's known for his one, his one rocket a season, and that's it. He has uh, four goals, which matches his um, his highest goal uh, his highest goal total um, in his Premier League career, and none of them were rockets. All of them were um, yeah, in the saying, box. And, and they've that all shows, been combo goals. Yeah, and that shows a the. A, the difference in Arteta's style of play. Arsenal haven't scored many many from outside of the box, I don't think. Um, uh, Thomas Partey, Georgina. Yeah, Hill, absolutely. True, true. Um, but B, it shows our, just Xhaka's new role um, and just getting much further forward and really involved. And who would have seen that from a player like Xhaka? Who would have seen um, him being that type of player other than an absolutely revolutionary uh, visionary like Mikel Arteta and then Ben White phenomenal another player who would have seen that I mean yeah he's played right back before but he was a center back 
and Arteta just says, all right, we're going to try this, and it worked to perfection. Another example of that. Oh, um, Thomas Partey moving to left back briefly for, for this one. I mean, just random stuff that just works out with this team now. Um, Kieran Tierney off the bench, really happy for him getting his assist. Jesus looking lively again. Um, Tierney didn't just come off the bench. He played that inverted uh, left-back role, bro. He was tucking into the midfield like Zinchenko. I, I was yeah. like, what the heck? I didn't know you could do that. Another play that's like you don't expect it from him, but you tell him to do that because that's what the position has become because you know that's what the style is with Zinchenko there. And he adapts, and that's what this team's all about. Everybody adapts. Everybody plays too. their part. He played great. And that's just the story of this team. In every match, I'm just saying the same thing, just praise after praise about every single player because they're all doing their job. And I'm knocking on wood because I feel like I have to as an Arsenal fan, and that's it. Yeah. All I got. Um, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, the depth was solid. Jesus came on and played well. Uh <laughs> I will say, Jakub Kivior played pretty well over the week against Sporting and then came on for a few minutes in this match, looked pretty solid. Um, we're going to need him. Now that uh, Tomiyasu is going to be out for the rest of the season, he has to get surgery. Yeah. These next few weeks, Jakub Kivior is going to be important depth. He's going to be pretty much our only defender besides Tierney coming off the bench. You think so, you think he'd play right back? I don't know if he'd play right back. But I think if if Holding or Gabriel has an issue, he has to come on. Yeah. I don't know that there is another right back. Do you think maybe there's a chance Thomas Partey played right back, but you don't take yeah. Thomas Partey out of your midfield to put him at right back. Right, you don't do that. You think there's a chance to bring back Cedric from loan? I mean, I'd be ha- I'd be fine with that. I would be too, but I feel like that's that sucks for Cedric, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not good for him. It's really not. But and we need happy it's a business. It's a business. I mean, you could also um, bring back one of the one of the young loan boys. Like, go say Tutu. Um, there's one. I forget his name. Um, really good young right back. I forget his name. But yeah, we sold um, Maitland Niles permanently. Southampton. Yeah, Maitland Niles would have been would have been a good cover. Maitland Niles would have been great. Having Maitland Niles in this team would have been so great. I'm trying to think of the Arsenal player that that's on loan, and everybody's. Oh, that him. was that was my one last note about um the Southampton versus Tottenham game. By the way, yep. You can take Maitland Niles out of Arsenal, but you cannot take the Arsenal out of Maitland Niles. I promise you this. Yeah. My man, my man, <laughs> he's the boy. Played uh, great. Yep. Oh, and Theo Walcott scored in that match. Theo Walcott scored. Another yep. another former Arsenal man. Absolutely. By the way, um, before I forget, the player I was trying to think of was Brook Nor- uh, Norton Coffee. Norton Coffee. Oh yeah, Brooks Norton Coffee. Yeah. Um, he, he could be pretty solid. I mean, yeah, it would be it would be tough because he's playing really well in Mona Coventry, but you know he wants to get that Premier League debut in and the Premier League badge and medal. I mean, of course he'll be he'll be out yeah. to get. I'm so sure. I'm I think sure he'd he would be very good. happy for that. I think somebody like Cedric would be a little less happy about it. Yeah, and he's also, I think, played his his matches. So yeah, he yeah. might not. Really. Has he played? The yeah, he's played Who one knows? minute for Wol- against Wolves. Oh, he played against Nottingham Forest. All right, we'll get his. Say, he's had. He's had. He's had a couple starts. They win it. Yeah, a couple starts. 
Yeah. Um, who knows? Who really knows? But yeah, that that right back situation is concerning. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we're gonna see what we've been seeing this entire year, which is Ben White being worked like a horse. Yeah. And I just hope his legs hold up. I really, really do. Both players down that right side, they need cover. They do need cover. They do need cover. I mean, desperate situation. You can pull Saka back to play right back. He's done it in the past. But do you give that? I mean, I guess you have to. If Reese Nelson can always fill in. I mean, so that then you face the dilemma, right? Do you would you rather lose Saka at wing or Partey in the midfield? I as much as we both want to say Partey, you'd rather lose Saka on the wing. Yeah. Because it's just because of the depth. I mean, nothing against Rodriguez. He's a metronome of the team. Partey, yeah. He's and a metronome of the team. Saka's He's... more replaceable in the sense that there are great options for him to give yeah. us just what just what he gives us, but maybe a little bit less. You can bring on right. Fabio Vieira. You can bring on Emil Smith-Rowe. You can bring on Reese Nelson. Reese Nelson on that side. Smith-Rowe, I agree. No, um, I disagree. But Smith Rowe should be playing over Vieira. I I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. But regardless, um, yeah, you can pull Saka back in a pinch because like drop dropping Partey to get Jorginho out there is a huge downgrade. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right, cool. Well, I feel like we've beat this horse to death now. Um, we have. I'm glad we got a chance to chat through this this sort of abbreviated weekend. We took a little, our time with these matches, got a little in depth with it. Um, I'm glad that we we got some some good kind of content for the for the people yep. here. Arsenal, uh, Josh, we call Brooke Norton to. Carthy, and yeah, buy Ainsley Maitland Niles in the middle of the not transfer window and get him back anyways. No, the not transfer window. Damn right. <laughs> Actually, he is on loan technically. Oh, is he really? Apparently. Oh, we probably to buy though. Yeah, you don't want to give up the chance to buy there. Yeah. Because they probably will buy him, if, especially if they get relegated. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, that's right, not so happy for Ainsley, but it, it'll it work for us. All right, man. This was a good chat. Uh, yep. We got some hypotheticals in there. We did some stuff. I'm glad we got the chance to talk, bro. Uh, yeah, me too. And I guess I'll ch- we'll check back in sometime in the next couple weeks to talk about the U.S. men's national team. But short of that, we don't have much stake until the Prem comes back. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, folks. We'll see you all in April. Hiatus. (laughs) See you all on April Fools when the Premier League returns. Later, mate. Later.